Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Jackie McMullen of ESPNBoston.com every single week at this time. Jackie brought to you by Toyota of Nashua and by Commonwealth Mortgage. Jackie, it's uh, Mutt and Lou and Christian today. How are you? Well, that's a good threesome, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah it's, there's additions everywhere uh, around the Boston media these days. Christian, an addition on our show today. And how about Rajan Rondo? An addition to the Comcast broadcast team, Jackie. Monday night, he's going to do the first quarter of the game with Mike Gorman. I, you have spent more time around Rondo than I have, and I'm curious. Yeah. How, how is this going to go? Is he going to be critical? Is he going to be supportive? What am I going to get from Rondo in that first quarter based on your conversations with him uh, in and around the basketball court? You know, I think he'll be analytical. That's the word I would use. I mean, he really is a student of the game. He, uh, he's a student of the analytics portion of basketball. Um, he, you know, you've heard it over and over again with his teammates and his coaches when the opponents are coming down the floor and they put up a number, he's calling out the play and telling his teammates where to go and what to do. So I think you'll get a lot of analytics. You know, it's funny, having now done this myself, it's not easy. And the one thing that I think is hard to do and that they tell you to do, Mike Gorman, who's just the master, says project. Don't forget to project. I'd love to hear Rondo project, wouldn't you? I've never heard him project. I don't think I ever have. So I'm excited to see if, if he'll get excited about a play and – and we'll hear it in his voice. That's that's what I'm looking to yeah, see. That's I'm kind of wondering with all the years you've talked to him for different issues. Have you ever yeah. sat and really talked about those sort of things, X's and O's strategies? Has he has he gotten into those conversations with you in particular? Oh yeah, because you almost you almost can't help but get into those conversations with him because that's where his strengths lie, and uh, and he really does understand the game. I mean, he's a smart kid. We know that. That's that's clear, and. Uh, I like talking to him about other point guards in particular. Like, you know, when, remember back in that little stretch where he was saying, well, I'm the best point guard in the NBA. And I would say, okay, well, make, what makes you better than Chris Paul? And he'd start rattling off statistics, things off the dribble. You know, he, he, knows, he, he knows of what he speaks. Uh, Jackie, it's Christian. Um, how do you think this is going to be – how do you think the players, the other guys on the team, are going to receive him doing the broadcast? I'm just trying to put myself in their position. Here I am right. sweating away and – Here's our captain, really, our leader, yeah. kicking it on the sideline and, you know, maybe having a good time, maybe not, maybe doing, throwing out some analytics. But uh, for the, I'm just, right. it doesn't seem right for me as a player. How do you think the other guys feel about it? Uh, you know, I don't think they care that much because, for one thing, it's only going to be one quarter. And as you um, can see by the comments of Brad Stevens, there's going to be some parameters about what they want him to say and what they don't want him to say. And I would think that that would include a – criticizing your teammates and be giving away trade secrets you know well we like to run this you know slice or whatever and here's what we do when we run that and here's why we run it and here does it who does it well and who doesn't so i think if it was if this was going to be a regular occurrence i would have more concern about it i think i think all the guys are probably going to just say yeah whatever the funny part is they do this little fist bump before the game i guess it's good luck to do that to the television people and, you know, I remember the first time I did it, the, like, Sullinger's standing over me looking at me, and I'm like, what the hell does he want, you know? He wants me to fist bump him, and I'm like, man, I'm not, I didn't turn into a cheerleader just because I'm sitting here, you know? 
Mm-hmm. So that'll be funny. It, okay. It, it, it'll be a different dynamic. Yeah, because have have has a player ever done this for the Celtics before? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I, I, well, I say that. I don't really know. I don't really know. <laughs> I say that, but I'm not sure. I mean, you know, Dave Cowens did it as an ex-player. I mean, there's plenty yeah, of Yeah, as a current kind of, player. I just think it's a odd. A current player. No, but I mean, gosh, all sorts of things are happening this year. I mean, Danny Ainge is going to do it. That, to me, is crazy. Was well, it because they're playing so bad and they need just to shake things up and get some more yeah, attention to themselves? they're trying to make it entertaining. There you I think go. they're trying to make it entertaining. And, you know, Tommy has made a decision not to uh, travel on the road. He only travels selectively on the road. And I, I think we can all agree he's certainly earned that right. And I think they're trying to um, figure out who the next person is going to be. It's not going to be Danny Ainge. It's not going to be Rajon Rondo. It's not going to be me. But, you know, they're going to fill in the holes with some people just to give it a different taste. Uh, Danny Ainge, speaking of, uh, of Danny, a couple days ago, compared this rebuilding process this offseason to what happened in 2007 and what they were facing then, Jackie. How right. similar in your mind do you think these two processes are? Not at all. Uh, not at all. Uh, I, I was surprised he said that. Me too. Uh, I was I, shocked. I understand, where he's, I understand where he's coming from on it. But uh, he, he struck gold with Kevin Garnett. Uh, I don't see another dissatisfied superstar of that level that would be willing to come here. And, of course, you remember, too, in the beginning that Kevin Garnett was not willing to come here either. In fact, their original talks with Minnesota died because he, he refused to come here. But then they, got, they acquired Ray Allen, and then that made it a little more interesting to Garnett, who finally, because things were so untenable in Minnesota, agreed to come. I just don't see all the stars aligning quite like that for the Celtics this time around. When you, when you talk about that rebuild, it was done through trades. It was done through the trade of Garnett and the trade of Ray Allen. It was not done through the draft and young players. You know, Jack, Danny Ainge out there watching Andy's NCAA, the tournament games, or watching it throughout the season. And mm-hmm. it's always tough when, you, when you're watching an 18-year-old kid, right, that maybe doesn't perform sure. in one game. Isn't it? It's all about projections. And Danny's talked a little bit about it. But your opinion, like, what, what, would, what would you be looking for? Because like, an 18-year-old kid, right. what are the things in particular in tournament games that you would like, dislike to see? Well, you'd like to see poise under pressure at any level, any age. At least I would. You, you know, you can see certain guys, when the moment gets bigger and bigger and bigger, they get more and more animated. And you guys um, have all played athletics, so you know who I'm talking about. You know who those guys are. You can, those guys are almost easy to identify. But then, of course, you need guys with, with talent, with upside, room to grow. We hear that a lot. And, you know, for instance, take Wiggins, Okay. Wiggins was the unanimous number one pick. And then all of a sudden, he's like fifth on people's boards. Why? Because people are saying, well, you know, when he has you down on the ground, he can't finish the job. He can't close the deal. He's not mean enough. He doesn't have that edge that, uh, you know, a guy like Bird or Kobe or has. And, of course, that was a criticism of LeBron when he first came into the league. And I'm still not sure that LeBron has it the way, say, a Kobe Bryant does. But I think he's done all right, wouldn't you? I'd say. So you look at those kind of things. And uh, like Embiid, the, the, the big kid from Kansas, just so much upside. Size, start with the size, yep. and then so much upside. So it all depends on what you want to gamble on. Each one of them is missing something you would love. What, what, what are you going to gamble on? Yeah, and they're all so young. So, I mean, they're obviously exactly. going to change and they're going to grow. And right. not, they can't even legally drink yet. So That's right. 11 games left in the season, okay? Mm-hmm. Coach me up on how I should, as a fan, approach these next 11 games. How, how can I watch these games? Taking out uh, Rondo calling the first game. <laughs> right. I, you know what? To me, it's easy because I, liked, I have liked their model this year. Play hard and lose. 
I've liked it. But I, I love basketball, so I'll watch any basketball anywhere, any level. But I've liked the fact that they were in games in Indiana where, where, you know, where the Heat can't win a game. Uh, I like the fact that they beat Miami last week, and I, and I don't care who was playing and who wasn't. I like the fact that there, there's some, a competitiveness there, and I like to watch the young guys. Um, Kelly Olenek has come so far, so far. Sollinger, too. I mean, you, you say to yourself, okay, there, there's something there. There's something that maybe we, that the team can build on. Um, I still hate Sollinger taking the threes, and if he wants to call me one of the naysayers, yes, I am. I'm one of the naysayers. The three-point shot for the Boston Celtics this season is a gimmick. It's made for teams that can't score and aren't any good. And I think once Brad Steven gets a full complement of players he likes, my guess is Jared Sollinger won't be shooting those anymore. Sorry. Uh, I just That bothers me. It's it's interesting that they've they've fired so many this year and his well, as that's a co- what bad teams do right yeah because you get three inst- points instead of two for it so and Stevens has gone out of his way to say yeah, and, and Brad has gone out of his way right publicly even to say yeah we want our guys shooting threes this is this is yeah. the plan this year shoot as many threes as possible oh, you had an option yeah and you know I just remember Jim <laughs> O'Brien remember Jim O'Brien the ex Celtics coach that that team they shot threes all the time and I'm like you're gonna live and die by the three and he said Jackie it's a gimmick. It's a gimmick for teams that don't have enough talent. It's a way to make up for talent. And, you know, a good example, last night, right, Sollinger hits, hits those long balls. I mean, he's been shooting 18 20% from that range previously, but he kept them in the game on the night that he could hit them. And that's, you know, I understand why Brad Stevens says, yeah, go for it. And, you know, Sollinger's a good shooter. Don't misunderstand me. I just think there are times when, there are times when it will make sense for him to take that three. But most of the time that he's taking him now, it doesn't make any sense to me. Jackie, uh, one of the young coaches this year, one of the younger coaches getting an opportunity last couple of years, Mark Jackson in Golden State. And right. I-, I thought it was a perfect marriage. He wants to go up tempo. He's, a, uh, he's got mm-hmm. guards there to play uh, with that great backcourt. And now, I don't know, publicly for the first time, their assistant coach is being fired and Brian Scalabrini got demoted apparently for arguing right. with Pete Myers. And I, I'm just curious, in NBA circles, was there this murmuring that Things weren't as good as it looked on the outside with Mark Jackson, TV guy turned, I thought, pretty good coach there in Golden State. Well, we all knew that um, that Scal was having trouble there. Yeah, and and it's to Scal's credit, in my opinion, uh, he wanted you know he wanted to look at some of the analytics, look at some of the numbers, look at some of the trends. And Mark Jackson's an old school ex player that says, oh, I think I'll just go with my gut on this. And I think some of his assistant coaches, including Scal, were working very very hard to show him some trends on their team, some disturbing trends, ways to change things. And Mark Jackson really just didn't want to hear it. I played in the NBA. I was a star. You weren't kind of thing. Uh, and uh, I was surprised, to be honest with you, Mutt. I thought this was a bad hire when they made it, and I've been wrong. He's been a good hire for them, and he's got the attention of the players. So I have to, I have to tell myself that I was wrong on this. But this doesn't surprise me one bit, not one bit. Well, anybody that demotes Scal. I got problems with it. Me too, bud. <laughs> I love Scal. Hey, uh, Jackie, what'd you think about uh, last night's uh, Pacers oh, uh, Heat game? What a terrific game! Wasn't yeah. that a terrific game? So many things going on there. You know, I was watching it, thinking, "Oh, poor Paul George. He is a disaster. This is just this is going to be the death knell of Paul George." And then when the game mattered most, it was like he came alive, and he came alive on both ends of the floor. And, and I feel for Paul George because they've asked him to do way way too much on this team. They've asked him to be their best offensive player and their MVP and also guard the best player on the other team and play every single game and average almost 40 minutes a night. It's too much to ask of one player. 
and I was so glad that uh, he responded the way he did last night. And again, on both ends of the floor, went right at LeBron, that big jam. That's when the game turned around, I thought. But also pickpocketed LeBron in the, in the backcourt. And uh, this was a game that the Pacers absolutely yeah, had to have. That was my next question. Absolutely. Because the Heat were scuffling, but the Pacers were drowning. And the Heat have won it before. They know how to regroup. They're veterans. They'll figure out a way. The, the, the Heat, you were beginning – I mean, the Pacers, you began to wonder, was this whole thing a mirage? I will say this. They're very, very lucky that uh, Stevenson's ejection didn't cost them the game because he was their best offensive player at the time that happened. And hopefully he's learned something going forward. So, so moving forward with the Heat, just just staying right. on that real quickly. Is, if you're the Heat, are you a little nervous just based on the fact of how bad you've been playing been playing this month, and you know yeah. having a chance to kind of regroup against the Pacers, maybe get some more confidence, and now you kind of kind of have to go left licking your wounds a little bit. Right, Here, Christian. Here's why I'm nervous if I'm the Heat because I can't keep the same lineup on the floor. Mm-hmm. I, you know, this time it was Ray Allen home with the flu, and Ray Allen, of course, we all know is having a career low year in terms of three-point shooting. He's really struggled this year. I talked to him when he was in town last week, and he said it's just simply a matter of not getting enough touches. Well, guess what? If you're on a team with Wade, Bosch, and LeBron, stand in line, fella. You're mm-hmm. not going to get the touches. So that's not going to change. And Wade's health, to me, is the biggest uh, concern. And you saw him pull up with that hamstring injury on the break. I think he was going to have a chance to catch that guy going to the hole, and he, did, you know, he had to pull up with the bad hamstring. That, to me, is your biggest concern. What he's done to me has been incredible to be able to you know, sit out long periods of time, you know, a week at a time, and then come back in and trying to fit into the rotation. I think that's why the turnovers are up for the Heat, and I think it's why their defensive rotations aren't as strong. And uh, you know, their teams are shooting close to 50% against them over this, this losing streak, and that, that's unheard of. Last year, teams shot 43% against them. Jackie, great stuff as always. Enjoy the basketball, the NCAA variety this weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Have a good one. Right, Jackie, uh, Jackie McMullen, ESPN Boston, joining us when Jackie joins us. As always, she's brought to you by our friends at Toyota of Nashua and by Commonwealth. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color, starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.